Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Pregnancy Focus Chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today just had another baby, and I have no idea how the experience went. I just know that there was a lot of waiting. And the last time we spoke to her, she was super pregnant and hoping to go early. And today we find out the rest of the story. Jen Lilly, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. I can't wait to tell you how everything went down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to recap, this was going to be your fourth child. You have two that you've fostered and adopted, one biological, and then you were just on the edge waiting for this baby to come out. And do you have a sense that the baby would come like before, on, after your due date? I thought she was definitely going to be early. In fact, I had a lot of people praying the whole pregnancy that she would just keep baking. And then that prayer was answered to the extreme and <laughs> she came after 40 weeks. So, Oh, well, at least we know her prayers work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the last few weeks go? I mean, that's always a weird time. At least it seems like to me where you're like, maybe we'll have the baby tonight and maybe it'll be two, three, four weeks away. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. One of the reasons I thought she was going to come early, like to really set the stage was week 34. I lost part of my mucus plug and I went to the midwives and they're like, don't worry, you know, your mucus plug can basically regenerate itself. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, as long as I get her to like 37 weeks, you know, like I'll feel a lot more confident. Lost more of the mucus plug at 38 weeks. And starting at 36 weeks, I was having prodromal labor. So prodromal labor, as you know, is different than Braxton Hicks. Braxton Hicks will be like, you don't really feel the contraction, but you look down and you can like feel with your hands that your belly is like concrete hard, but it doesn't hurt. Prodromal is a lot more painful. It feels more like a real labor contraction. For me, it felt identical to a labor contraction, which plays into the birth. <laughs> And it's actually doing something. It's either dilating your cervix or it's effacing you. As you know, uh, it's helping the baby move down, but it's inconsistent and it will, you know, stop and start. 
So some people call it false labor. So I was experiencing that for four weeks, which is why when the actual labor came, I did not know that I was actually in labor. (laughs) Okay. So just during those four weeks, did you think like, oh, this is going to be it? Um, well, the first two times I had prodromal labor, I thought it was prodromal labor. I was timing it out and my app would be like, go to the hospital, go to the hospital because they were consistent. But I just kept thinking they're not painful enough. And I don't know, thank God I wasn't actually in labor. I was like, I'm not in labor. And then a couple of the times I would get in a tub to see if I could slow them down. And if they slowed down, then I would be like, okay, that's like a telltale sign. This is not the real thing, you know, just kind of get in different positions and get through these contractions and then they would stop. I mean, at some point, did you want them to continue? I know you got in the tub to sort of test it and see if these are real or not. But on the flip side, were there things that you were doing and try to see if we could make this into the big show? Yeah, for sure. I mean, once I got to like 38 and a half weeks, I was like, okay, Jackie, I'm done with you playing games with me, sister. Um, Yeah, I mean, the day I actually went into labor, I went into labor like on the night of May 11th. So that's a Wednesday. And then I had her... 1 12 a.m. Thursday, the 12th. So I was only in labor for an hour and 41 minutes. Hmm. So it was precipitous, which we've talked about, like runs in my family on both sides. And I always thought I would have a precipitous labor. So, so I did. Um, but May 11th, I did all the things. I Leading up, once I got to week 39, I was doing the walking every day, you know, we're having lots of sex, trying to like encourage her (laughs) to get that cervix dilated. I had been dilated at a four centimeters for two weeks. Mm. And then the day that I went into actual labor, I was at five centimeters that morning. I know because I lost the rest of the mucus plug again. (laughs) I had bloody show all four times. I lost my mucus plug too, which was wild to me. So, but anyway, so then by the time she came, it was like 40 weeks and something odd days. So I was doing curb walking. I had Italian food because I was too afraid to have spicy food. And I've heard that like olive oil, basil, oregano, you know, that can kind of be a nice concoction for your body to want to go into labor. So I thought I'd try that first (laughs) because a lot of women throw up when they're in labor. And I was definitely that person with Julie. I did not throw up this time. I was so curb walking. You're hoping I did a, for more of a basally kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if it's coming back up, you don't want it to be like spicy. You know what I mean? Oh, like I totally oh, hear you. Yeah. this would be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I also did an induction massage the day before. What is that? Essential oils. So some massage therapists, and you might be one of them, they're familiar with the pressure points in your body that can kind of help. It's like acupressure that can help induce your labor, if your cervix and everything's kind of lined up and ready, it can really encourage your body to just go ahead and kickstart. So I did an induction massage with essential oils, which were clary sage, which is apparently supposed to help your labor not be as painful. I'll take it because I didn't even know I was in labor. <laughs> Lavender, ylang ylang, which I think is supposed to encourage oxytocin, cedar oil, and possibly frankincense. So I did all of that. And then we also had sex the day that I went into labor. Like I was just trying all the things that weren't, you know, the midwife's brew. I was like short of pastor oil, which I won't oh. start till 41 weeks. Yeah. I'll do all the other things. Okay. So first of all, for your induction massage, like where were the different points that they had? 
Yeah. So there's a point. One of the main ones is behind your ankle, maybe about three fingers up or four fingers up. I don't know. Just behind your shin bone. If it feels really tender um, toward the backside of your leg, like just above the ankle. On the inside. Um, on the inside. Mm-hmm. That was really tender for me. So there's like an acupressure point there. I think there's two or three there. There. Um, also, a lot of people know the moxibustion spot. I did not do moxa this time, but right outside of your pinky toe. There's a on the outside. <laughs> on the outside. There's a pressure point that a lot of people push when they have a migraine between their thumb and index finger. That pressure point can help. And then if you make a natural fist, wherever your fingers land in the center of your palm, there's also a pressure point there. Um, and those are the only ones I can remember. <laughs> okay. So. so lots of yummy oils. Sounds like it was a very aromatic spread of oils and the points and the massage and the curb walking and the Italian food and the sex. Do you feel like anything like was more helpful in the end than other things? No, I have no idea. It was a whole brew. Yeah. Or if any of it worked and, you know, maybe it was just time, but I will say my labor was so not as painful as Julie's that that's why I didn't know I was in labor for real. Yeah. Well, another question, I'm sure people are sitting at home wondering this because by most reports, sex at the end of pregnancy is not all that comfortable and yeah. you're having lots of it. Do you have any tips on how to make that a better experience? No. Um, I just agree. It's just one of those things, you know, it's like, go to the gym. I don't really want to go to the gym, but afterward you're like, I'm glad I went to the gym. You know? Do you feel like it was helpful? Um, I guess so. I mean, you know, it couldn't hurt. And I felt like it was, you know, nice for Jason because it's going to be a couple weeks, you know, months before we can have sex again. So get it in. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> I like, uh, yes. I like how some people cook food and put it in the freezer for later. Yeah. Before they have a baby. And you just made sure there was enough sex before the baby came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, like, there were just so many things. Like, I had had all the early labor signs. Like, I had nested. My house was organized. My fridge was sanitized. Like, there was nothing else <laughs> to organize. There was no more laundry to do. Like, it was just weeks and weeks. I also had this really weird thing. And I wonder whether any of your listeners can relate, but I call it Pinocchio legs where I'd be like walking, I'd be on my walks. And all of a sudden, I don't know, you know, people who've seen like Disney's Pinocchio, there's a song that's like, I've got no strings to hold me down. And he's just like falling all over the stage. I would feel like, I guess it was enough relaxing in my body, but like, I just felt like my legs kind of went out of joint and I'd be on a walk and be like, whoa, like, hang on. I can't <laughs> wait. Wow. They'll just buckle from under you. It would just buckle from under me. Um, Is there any correlation whether you're telling the truth or telling a lie? <laughs> no. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Was there pain with that or they would just, just not loss of motor strength? There would be pain with it. I mean, not pain when my, I felt like my legs would go out of socket, but if I tried to continue to walk, it did feel like when something's out of socket, you're trying to still mm -hmm. use it. So I would kind of just have to like move my legs around or kind of shake them and kind of wait for them to go back into place. But, you know, my chiropractor said that can be good because it's your body's like loosening up and it's ready to just open up and let the hips kind of move out of the way. So the baby can come out. Yeah, you're That's true for me. Ligaments yeah. are super stretched out, which gives you more flexibility, but also less stability. <laughs> yeah. So 
there's that all right it sounds like this is going to be a quick birth story but let's take a quick break when we come back we'll find out how it all went down This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome back to the podcast. We're talking to Jen Lilly, four-time mommy, among many other incredible things. So it sounds like the labor who cried wolf, the mucus plug who cried labor, the bloody show who <laughs> cried labor. So it's not entirely, you know, odd that when labor finally came, you didn't really pick up on it. How did it start for you? So it was 11.31 p.m. I know, I mean, I took like screen caps and stuff because I woke up to use the bathroom. I had gone to bed that night at like 9.30. Every night I kept going to bed by 9.30. I was definitely asleep if I could be because I was too afraid each night I would go into labor. And one of my biggest fears is going into labor with no sleep. So I get up at 11.30. I'm having a contraction. That's not surprising at all. I've been having contractions every single night and it almost always came when I needed to pee, which, you know, happens about a hundred times before you wake <laughs> up in the morning. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll go to the bathroom. I'll pee. And then my contraction will kind of relent. And I was in the bathroom. I peed still having a contraction. And I was like, huh, it's probably nothing. Like I'll go back to sleep. But then I thought, well, it's 1131. I'm going to go ahead and text my friend who's also my nanny who was supposed to be my doula as well, Ashley, and just see if she's awake. Because if I keep letting this go and then she's asleep, it's going to be a rude awakening for her. So I texted her and I'm like, hey, are you awake? She's like, yeah, I'm up. What's up? Are you feeling okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm having like some pretty strong contractions from Hades. It might just be prodromal again, but I just wanted to see if you're up. Listen, I'm going to time out maybe a couple, you know, Maybe I'll go lie back down. I'll just like, I'll keep you posted. She's like, okay, try to go lie back down. They're still coming like maybe six to seven minutes apart. This is not abnormal for me though. I've had prodromal labor that had gotten down to one minute apart before. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking 
six to seven minutes. Okay. Like I have no problem. But when I was lying down, they were still painful enough that I was like, Oh, I really don't want to be lying down. I kind of wanted to be standing up. There's like a position you can labor in where you're, it's like the forward lean, you're standing up and you're leaning against a wall with maybe your elbows and your head down. And you're kind of, I don't know, making like half of a Y. <laughs> People can visualize that. <laughs> and that position felt good to me. So I was like, I'll just go stand in the bathroom because I didn't want to wake Jason up. Like I didn't want to make a fuss of anything. I'm thinking this is prodromal. So I texted her and I was like, okay, they're coming in like every six to seven minutes. They're not really relenting in pain, but I still really don't know. I'm going to get in the bath and see if I can get them to slow down. I had also texted my birth photographer at this point and had said, Hey, same thing. Like, I don't know if this is the real deal, but heads up. She lives an hour and 20 minutes away from the hospital. Oh, wow. Ooh. So I get in the tub and they had gone down, but inconsistently, they'd gone down to like three minutes and then five minutes and then back up to seven minutes, which was another reason why I was like, this has got to be prodromal because none of these contractions are timing out properly. But when I would be in the tub, as soon as the contraction would come, instead of just like resting in the tub, I would jump up onto all fours and like try to put my belly in the water. Cause I was like, okay, I got to get through this contraction. But again, not more painful than <laughs> than any of my prodromal labor had been. Does that mean you were feeling whatever you were feeling, the intensity of it was all in your belly, like in your lower belly? Yeah, it was all in my belly. It did not really roll from the back to the front, like you hear. And to be clear for listeners, like if they haven't heard Julie's birth story, that one to set the stage was very atypical. So I had back labor. Julie was malpositioned. She was breached. Then we did ECV, external phallic version. Then she was born sunny side up. My body wasn't exactly ready for that labor. And so I had 22 hours of what's called twin peak contractions. They're very unusual where they'd be about 90 seconds long. They would relent for about five seconds and they wouldn't stop for five seconds. It would just be anyone who's gone through labor. You can kind of feel contractions. Like if they're a normal contraction, you feel them kind of like a wave, like you can feel them coming in and they intensify, intensify, intensify and peak. And then they start to kind of start to relent and you can feel that they're going away. So with Julie's, it'd be like 90 seconds of peak, maybe five seconds to seven seconds of relenting, and then like another 90 seconds to three minutes of a contraction. And then I would get anywhere from two minutes to 15 second break. And then they would start again. And that was 22 hours. So I didn't have like a real good gauge on (laughs) maybe what real labor should feel like. And at this point with Jackie's birth, my water hadn't broken yet either. So I'm in the tub, nothing's slowing up. I text Ashley again and I'm like, okay, this was the only night, like I had no help. Ashley was not going to be able to be my doula. I have three other kids. Like I had no one else that I could call to come over and basically sleep at my house while three other kids were, you know, sleeping. And so I had said, Hey, you know what? I can't tell if this is real. I hate not knowing what's right to do. Can you just pack your bags and just come over because if I really am in labor, I'm going to have to like leave really fast and you can bring your dogs, whatever. She doesn't respond. (laughs) So I'm like, Oh God, she's falling asleep. So I call her and it goes to voicemail and I'm like, 
Oh God. Cause I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, I should probably go in. Like, I'm not sure, but I definitely don't want to have a baby like at my house. And the contractions were just timing out all over the place. And my midwives had said to me, which I said on the last podcast, they kept saying, when you go into labor, it's going to happen really fast. Like we definitely think you're precipitous. You're, I knew I was already at five centimeters. So I'm thinking I got to get to the hospital. Like I probably should just leave. So I call her again and she answers. She's like, hello. It's been like 20 minutes. There's like this story in the Bible of Jesus bringing his disciples. And he's like, stay awake with me. And they fall asleep in like five minutes. I was like, don't even stay awake with me for 20 minutes. She falls asleep and I wake her up and she's like, okay, so you want me to come over? And I was like, yeah, just go ahead and pack your bag and come over. She thought it was going to be like hours. So she's like taking her time and I'm in the bathtub and I'm like, Okay. So then I texted my mom. This is like 1231 now. Right. So I've texted my birth photographer and I've said, go ahead and start heading to the hospital. Like I'm going to head there. If these contractions stop for any reason, and it is prodromal, then I will text you. And I'm so sorry. And I'll just tell you to turn around, but go ahead and get in your car and start driving. So I text my mom's 1231 and I'm like, Hey mom, um, I hope this doesn't wake you up. I just want you to know I'm heading to the hospital. Ashley's coming over to watch the kids. So my mom calls me and I just start crying (laughs) because like, I did not want to wake up my mom. My parents had like a lot going on in their life. Like they could not be there that night. It was like the one night I could not go into labor and I called my mom and she's like, no, it's okay. And I'm like, I'm not crying because I'm in pain. I'm crying because like, I didn't want to wake you up. Like you have a lot going on. She's (laughs) like, but she's saying, she's like, I could hear it in your voice. And I was like, no, you couldn't because it was nowhere near as painful as Julie's. My worst contraction was nowhere near as bad as Julie's. And so I'm still thinking I'm not in labor. Maybe I'm in labor. I don't know. My water hasn't broken. Like I have no gauge of like (laughs) where we are and nothing's timing out, you know? And she's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, I was like, she's like, I got to go. I hang up with my mom. I get Jason up. I'm like, okay, get up. Like it's time. We're going to, he's like, are you sure this is real? And I'm like, I don't know if it's real, but like, this is the first time that I've asked to go to the hospital. Right. Oh, I will back up and say that two weeks prior to this, I had had very similar situation. And I called the midwives on call at 1030 at night and had said, hey, quick question. Y'all told me to come in when this was happening. My contractions had timed out even more intensely timed out than they were happening in the real deal. But I said, but the baby's moving like a lot between contractions. And so I'm just calling you to see if like that's normal. (laughs) Because like, I don't remember with Julie, she never moved. Like she was in stress. Yeah. So they were like, well, most people don't report like feeling their baby move a lot when they're actually in labor. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll just go to sleep and, you know, I'll see if it slows down. That was like two weeks prior. So this time Jason's like, is this the real deal? And I'm like, I've never asked you to go to the hospital. Like get your bags, go find your sweatpants. Like we got to go. <laughs> so we've already packed up, but I just need pants on at this point. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not showing up to the hospital, like pantsless. I've still got a diaper on, by the way, I had been wearing depends, discreet depends for two or three weeks in fear that my water would break. Oh. And I was going to like have my water be caught in case I was at the grocery wow, store. Wow. You are like the plan ahead type. I'm a plan ahead type person. Mm-hmm. So I've got my diaper on. <laughs> I'm telling Jason, go find me some pants. <laughs> and then He's like, okay. And he's, and then I'm like, they're coming in like pretty strong. And he's like, okay. So we get upstairs. We're like going, we're in the driveway. And he's like, we got to go. Like Jason's looking at me. He's like, we got to go right now. And I was like, we cannot leave until Ashley gets here. And so I was like, I'll just call her and see where she is. 
So I call her and she's like, I'm at the base of your neighborhood. And I'm like, okay, that's like two minutes, three minutes away from where we are. And I'm thinking, I can't wake up a neighbor to go be with my kids. I know all my neighbors middle of the night, like, am I going to have this baby right here in the driveway? Or am I going to like wait for my nanny to show up? So Jason's like, let's just go. Let's just go. Like (sighs) at the base of the neighborhood, let's just go. So I was like, okay. (laughs) So we wait in the neighborhood. Jason's driving really slowly and we wait till we pass her. So like, we at least know that her car is like right there. And then Jason's a little bit, you know, like he looks a little worried. And I said, look, I was really calm. I was like, look, we have plenty of time. (laughs) They're timing out. Like this was 1246. Okay. We're leaving our house. I had the baby at 112 and I'm like, I live very close to the hospital where I was giving birth. So I was like, all right, just drive careful, like watch for like animals, like (laughs) drive. Like I was like, my contractions are coming in anywhere from like two to five minutes. Like we have some time. I'm okay. Hey, these contractions aren't so bad. So here's how it goes. I was like, the first 30 seconds are pretty awful. So if I scream or something, you know, it's okay. And then after 30 seconds, I'm fine. Just keep driving. Like it's going to be fine. He's like, okay. So start having these contractions. And I do this move in the car that I've later learned is like the, Hey, the baby's in your canal move. Uh Oh, (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) What is the maneuver? The baby. Yeah. What's the maneuver? Okay. I want everybody to picture this. So there's like the handle in the car that you can hold, right? Oh, for my, my dry cleaning handle. Yeah. Your dry cleaning handle. I'm holding the handle and I am sideways, like 45 degree angle, 90 degree angle, like off the seat, holding myself up every time there's a contraction. And then I can kind of like sort of sit back down, but I'm like sideways on my car. Everyone listening. This is the, hey, you're in labor sign. I didn't know this. <laughs> Wait, were you feeling already like the pushing pressure, like rectal pressure? No, and I never felt that. So listen, oh. so we, yes, it's so crazy. So like, I'm telling you, like for someone who's pretty aware of her body, like I get pregnant, like 20 minutes later, I'm like, well, I'm pregnant. I did not, <laughs> I did not know that like, this was definitely the real deal. And by the way, I had gotten my fingernails and my toenails pedicure manicure right because like if you're going to go into labor you want to like at least look a little put together and my nail technician has told me this horror story of her second baby that she had in the car so she's like oh yeah i had precipitous labor i'm thinking of my nail technician while i'm sideways thinking like no we've got time like i should have an hour by the time i get to the hospital i'm good i also look ratchet like i wanted to put on makeup i wanted all the things but you know there was just really no time so we're pulling up to the ER. Huh? At least you got the pants. Yeah, at least I got the pants. They weren't the right <laughs> pants. They were Jason's pajama pants because we couldn't oh, find well. the stress yet. <laughs> it works. So, yeah, so we're like trying to find the emergency entrance because after a certain hours, you have to go through the emergency entrance. You can't just go up to the midwife's office. We're pulling up and I am full sideways. And <laughs> I had said like, hey, I'm in a contraction. Like it's going to be over in like a minute. Go run in. And Jason's like, passive and quiet and so i had said to him go into the er and just like find somebody and just very loudly say like my wife is in labor i need a wheelchair and he's like okay i look over i'm like 
in my, you know, full contraction, like sideways mode. And I'm like looking over my arm past the passenger seat, like trying to see what's going on in the ER. And I just see Jason bumbling around, like trying to figure out the brakes himself on like the wheelchairs that they have there. Oy. And I'm like, mother of <laughs> this is not good. So like, as soon as I feel my contraction relent, like 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I feel it relenting. I jump out of the car and I just run in and I say to like the dude, the security guy who later I learned his name was Bob. Best name ever. Like, could not have hoped for a better hilarious name than Bob. And I run in and I say to Bob, words I've never used before. I said, hi, because I knew I was going to appear very calm. I said, hi, I'm in labor, hardcore. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. So he wheels over this wheelchair, like, dum, 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 dum. apparently the midwife said in retrospect, they're like, oh yeah, you got Bob then. We need to have a chat with Bob. Like Bob does not understand what a woman in labor looks like. He is hardcore. notorious for being slow. Oh, slow Bob. Slow Bob. So he's like, sit down in this wheelchair. And I'm like, no, thanks. Like, all I want to do is just like be standing up with the gravity against a wall. I'm like, I do not want to sit in a chair. So I'm like, okay. So I like sit down in a chair and he's like, all right, so you're just going to fill out these forms. And I'm like, I'm pre-registered. <laughs> and he's like, okay, what's your last name? And I'm like, Lily. He's like, spell that. I'm like, L-I-L-E-Y. <laughs> he's like, okay, what's your first name? And I'm like, he's like, who do you see? The obstetricians? Or I'm like, I see the midwives. I need to get upstairs to see the midwives. Like, Bob, I'm in labor. So he's like, okay. So he calls up to the midwives and he, they're like, Jen Lily. And as soon as they hear my name, the midwives are like, get her upstairs because <laughs> they knew like this girl's going to go fast. He starts wheeling me to the elevators to go up to labor and delivery. Jason, my husband's like, I don't know if you noticed. I'm like, I did not. He wheels me like the most ridiculous angle. Like we're going on a joy ride, like not the direct path. Like he's just like, wheeling me around and jason says that he like raced in front of him and pushed the up button because jason's like i think if i didn't push the up button like we would not have made it up to labor and delivery <laughs> so jason like presses the elevator button and i say to bob and jason and i'm like looking around by the way i had been looking around like at the emergency room of people thinking like oh god please let me not have a contraction in front of all these like strangers who are probably looking at me and some of them might be like is that the girl from hallmark <laughs> you know <laughs> so i'm like at the elevator doors and i can feel that a contraction's about to come so i say very calmly to bob and jason i was like hey guys so i can feel a contraction's about to come they're really bad for the first 30 seconds but then they get better so like if i scream or anything just keep going like i'm fine I had mentally like not prepared for this birth. I just could not get in the game. Like I, with Julia, I was very like Zen and calm, even though my labor was insane. Like they didn't know I was in labor because I was so calm. This time I was like, I'm over it. Like I'm trying to have a good attitude, but like I might make noises. So you just need to like keep driving this, you know, train. <laughs> so <laughs> he pushes me in the elevator and here's a contraction. I am full sideways now. I asked Jason, I said, did I scream when we were in the elevator? He said, no. And then Bob starts coaching me and he's like, <laughs> he's like, breathe in through your nose, blow the birthday candles out. And I'm thinking, Bob, God help you. I know you're trying to help me. This is like all going through my mind. I'm like, but I really like, don't want you to be my doula right now. Oh, and, I'm doula, trying to, and so I'm thinking in my brain, like, 
okay, do I need like J breathing? Do I need like calming breathing? Like what kind of breathing am I going to be doing right now? And so I'm like, all right, like I can't think right now. I'm going to try Bob's trick. So I'm like, you know, like I'm trying to blow the birthday candles out. And then like the doors open again and I am on my side. And at this point, like there's a thing right in front of us, like a desk. And he says to Jason, like, go fill out those forms. But I'm on my side, like fully, fully on my side now, like full 90 degrees, like just like an angle on the wheelchair. And I start passing the nurse's station and I just started screaming. And the <laughs> midwife was standing there and all the nurses and they're all like, I can see all their faces. Their eyes are huge. And they're like, get her in a room, get her in a room. They just start like six of them like are coming in and the midwife's like, get her in a room, just go, go 257, 257, just get her in the room. Like, I don't think I even delivered in a normal delivery room. And I'm thinking still, why are they all freaking out? I have like an hour, you know what I mean? Like, let's just get the incense going. Like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, why are they rushing? Because again, it, it like still is not as painful as Julie's least worst contraction, right? Mm. Yeah, I, I get in the room. Uh, by the way, before I got on the elevator, I said to Jason, I was like, I hope I get a tub room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we get up and I like get in the room and I'm like, the first thing I clock is like, okay, no tub. And then I'm looking around because midwives had told me that there was like a bar that you could stand and you could deliver standing up. Like, and I was like, all I want to do is stand and lean over a bar. That was like the only thing that felt good to me. But I guess the midwife saw me kind of just like quickly looking around, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And she goes, you can drop to all fours if you want. So I just dropped to the ground, like on all fours. And she's like, oh, that's going to be hard on the midwife's back. You're going to need to get in the bed. And she's like, get her pants off, get her pants off. So they're like ripping my pants off. And all of a sudden I felt like, boom, in my diaper. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. So I'm thinking either that's the baby's head or my water broke, but I'm thinking, okay, my water broke. So I'm like, get my diaper off, get the diaper off. So like <laughs> ripping the diaper down the sides. And the midwife's like, I really need you to get in the bed now. And I'm like, just wait till this contraction's over. She's like, okay, but I need you to get up in the bed now. Like you can stay on all fours, but get up in the bed. And so I'm like, okay. So I get up in the bed and I'm like leaning over the bed, like all fours. And all of a sudden the midwife goes, I'm still thinking, okay, maybe my water just broke. Okay, why is everybody panicking? And my midwife goes, well, she has quite a bit of hair. <gasps> and my Jason and I are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, for a second, I thought, oh, she must be joking. And then I thought, what, what is that, like midwives 101? You know, like, just kidding. You have 12 more hours. Like, it'd be the worst joke ever if somebody was like. <laughs> Terrible dad joke from a midwife. <laughs> it'd be the worst joke. It'd be the worst joke ever. And so I'm thinking, oh my God. And then all of a sudden I felt the ring of fire and I was like, oh, but I actually felt very, very comforted by it because I had never experienced it with Julie. I got my epidural like 15 minutes before she came out because they didn't know I was like that close. And so I felt the ring of fire. And for a second, I was like, oh no, the ring of fire. And then I was like, no, 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 I'm going to lean into this pain and I'm going to be really encouraged by it. And I actually felt like it didn't feel that bad. And so I'm like, okay, that means that she's coming. This is good. So the midwife starts putting a warm compression, you know, compress on my perineum, which I had asked for because it's supposed to minimize tearing. So I feel her with the warm compress and she's like, okay, go ahead, push, 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 push. So I'm like leaning into the pain of the ring of fire. And I kind of like, because I mentally was like thinking about it, I felt like it felt more like the hot massage oil was how I was like viewing it. But then 
I feel like the midwife with the compress and I thought like, wow, that's a lot of pressure. And it felt like I'm going to explain this to people because now afterward I recapped with the midwife and she was like, no, no, no. That was the feeling of the baby coming down. I didn't know this. It felt like she was pushing her entire hand or fist like up into my body, like all the way to my breast. Like that's what it felt like to me. And so I said to the midwife, I said, I'm like screaming. And I was screaming like a high pitched scream in my mind. Also, I was very lucid. I was very like present. There was no time for me to be out of my body. And I hear myself screaming. And I thought to myself, you need to stop screaming and get it together. Jennifer Lilly, because these poor mothers that are in labor for the first time that think they're going to do it naturally are going to hear you and they're going to be so scared. And like, it's not that bad. Like get it together. I feel this pressure of like what I feel like is her fist, like going up into my body. And I said to the midwife, like I stopped mid scream and I go, um, I'm trying to push, but could you please not do that? I just feel like I can't push with your pushing on my perineum. And she goes, I'm trying to keep you from tearing. And I said, Yes. Okay. Thank you. Right. I remember. Um, thank you so much. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> I, said, I appreciate it. I asked her the next day. I was like, did I say like, I appreciate it. She goes, Oh yeah. You like fully stopped. And you're like, Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Keep going. Like it's a fine. That's I appreciate so it. Jen Lily. I know into another high peach scream and then the head's out. And I was like, Oh my God, her head is out. And so I'm thinking like, okay, I'll labor down. And she goes, you're still in a contraction. Just push. So I pushed and Jackie flew out of me. And my water broke at the same time. So then I thought of your intro music. Like, <laughs> like I was like, dude, I just did it. Like the intro music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and wow. so I had the baby. And I think like if you were to time out screaming, hey, could you not press on my perineum so hard? Oh, am I keeping your perineum intact? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Keep going. I think <laughs> that I probably got her out in 15 seconds. Like if I had to kind of gauge that quick conversation. Wow. wow. You know, I'm starting to think it might have been Bob's coaching. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> see if I can hire him to be like my uh, night nurse or something. Okay, yeah. I have a million questions. Let me take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to fire her away. <laughs> Welcome back. We were talking to Jen Lilly. Wow, what a crazy, crazy birth story i have so many questions but the one that's for some reason at the front of my head is did the birth photographer make it <laughs> she did not make it for the birth she told me she was like okay my eta is 140 by the time like i had texted her to get in the car and i was like that's okay but there would be no time like my mom said she was like what would she have taken a picture of like your butt you know what i mean like yeah. you're just up there like you know so no um, bob in the elevator yeah, yeah. She did make it for the right after moments, which were amazing. And then one of the nurses was super gracious. She was like, do you want me to take photos? Jason and I were just laughing. Like we had even said, like, we felt bad because we didn't even cry at like, you know, like a lot of people cry because they're like, oh my God, I did it. Like my baby. But we were just so in shock. I mean, it was like, we were just laughing. We're like, what the heck what just happened? happened? Yeah, that's precipitous labor. I mean, it's just mind blowing. It was wild. The feeling of having a fist inside your body, it was mostly the baby. Is that true? Yeah. Was- so I talked to the midwife the next day and I was like, I'm trying to make sure that I remember all of this clearly. I was super lucid, but I was like, did I legit say to you, 
Hey, could you please stop pushing on my perineum? Like it's a lot of, you know, whatever I did write down, like exactly what I said to her. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, and did I tell you like, Oh, right. Thank you. I appreciate it. She goes, yeah, you did. You thanked me. And she goes, but let me show you like how much pressure I was putting. And she like shows me, it's like just setting your hand on somebody with like the weight of your hand, maybe on them. Like she was barely pushing. She was like, Mm. so the feeling that you felt, she was like, that's what it feels like when the baby comes down. Wow. But it just felt like the baby was going in the opposite direction, which was what was weird to me. Strange. But she was trying to prevent you from tearing. How successful was she? She was not successful. And she told me, she was like, look. I probably would not have torn if I had gone slower, but she was like, when a baby literally rockets out of your body like that, there's no time for your skin to stretch. You're just going to like rip. And I will say that with Julie, I had two stitches (laughs) with Jackie also second degree tear. So like not as bad as it could be, but I don't know how many stitches like she was like, I'm not sure we do one continual stitch. And it was 12 numbing shots. Cause I asked her, I was like, can you at least numb? Oh, me? Wow. I was so lucid. I will say that the healing is not harder having more stitches and more damage than I did the first time. So I feel like that's super encouraging for anybody who is going into birth either for the first time or even again, because for me, I, I feel like I was always worried about how many stitches it would be especially because I'm allergic to sutures. But what do you I, do if you're allergic to sutures? Just a lot of sits baths, a lot of witch hazel, a lot of just praying, a lot of hydration. I mean, I'm just hoping that it still goes well. I mean, you know, we're like talking, I'm like, this is like 10 days. I'm like, I had maybe This whole story was 10 days ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so wild. So, Very fresh. So you're still recovering. Yeah. But I think that it's encouraging, hopefully for people to know that like, please don't worry about how many stitches you have. The recovery is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Well, you're comparing second degree to second degree. That's correct. Yes. We should definitely clarify that. Yeah. When you say the recovery is the same, there must be stages. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Cause I'm only like still week one and a half. Do you take medication to help with the pain? No, I will say the afterbirth pains were really intense this time. So those were worse than my actual labor. And that's when your uterus is contracting back down. Happens a lot, like when you breastfeed because of oxytocin. Those were so rough for me. Like I felt like the guy in Breaking Bad that like has the bell. Like I wanted, (laughs) you know, I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, oh my God, what can I have my next Advil? And I was like doing Advil and Tylenol as often as I could. But one of them, I was like shaking from pain. And I actually called the nurse and was like, can you just check my blood pressure and pulse to make sure I'm not going into shock? Like those were pretty painful. Those only lasted like three days. That wasn't so bad. Also, if I hadn't gotten to that hospital, if I had had a car baby, I don't know that Jackie would have survived because she had aspirated as she came out. So it was really cool to be so lucid because as soon as she came out, It was like, I listened to your podcast so much. Like I listened to the one about like how they measure amniotic fluid. I listened to the one about like DMER. Like I just absorb all of your podcasts and all of the knowledge. And so I felt like I was part of the medical team because I was like really calm too. They were like, okay, we got to actually cut the cord pretty fast because she's aspirated and she was cold. And so they had to get her over to the warming table. So they were like, okay, when you're ready, like flip over, we're going to birth the placenta. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, we got to cut the cord sooner than we want because we've got to get her like over to this table, warmed up, like do whatever you need. But I was like having conversation with them as if I was on the medical team, 
And then I'm like, is the placenta intact? And she's like, yes, we birthed the placenta. And then I'm like, okay. And she's like, you are bleeding a lot more than I'm comfortable with. I want to give you Pitocin. And I'm like, for active management, like all these terms that I've learned from your podcast, <laughs> like, no, the placenta is out and it's intact. You're just bleeding a little more than I'd like. And she's like, I'm like, so with the Pitocin, like, is that going to give me the afterbirth pains are going to be worse? And they're like, at this point, you really need Pitocin. Like you're kind of hemorrhaging. So I was like, oh, okay. So they gave me Pitocin in my leg, but it was just cool because I felt like I was like very there. And <laughs> then it was like, after everything was kind of under control, they got the fluid out of Jackie's lungs. Oh, and I had even said <laughs> when I went to go flip over to like deliver the placenta, which you deliver more like on your back, like a normal position or what like Hollywood says is a normal position. I had seen poop on the table and I said, oh, and it's like they scooped it away. And I said, was that poop? And they said, yeah. And I was like, so I pooped and they were like, that was the babies. And I was like, was there meconium in the water? Like, I was <laughs> very clinical <laughs> they're like no it was the babies and, and i'm like they're like the water was clear she's just aspirated so it was just really like the informed pregnancy podcast i felt like very informed i felt <laughs> very empowered <laughs> wow wait till you listen to the one where jen lily actually refers to herself as jennifer lily in a moment of passion Again, very Jen Lilly. But what you're reminding me of right now is my daughter who's 16 years old in high school. And she and her classmates talk to each other oftentimes in a pure clinical medical jargon, just because of all the TV shows that they watch about medicine, Grey's Anatomy and The Resident and other things like that. And actually she and her buddy want to become medical doctors. So it's kind of interesting. They're just joking around. They don't even know what they're saying half the time, but they'll just get really technical. And that's uh, cool that you got that from our podcast. So the whole thing is you said you were part of the medical team. You are the medical team. Everybody else is your assistant. That's the way it works. I mean, and the midwife said, she was like, if I had not been at that nurse's station, like the nurses would have delivered by themselves. And I was like, how did you guys know I was in labor? I didn't know I was in labor. It wasn't that like painful yet. And she was like, oh, you had the lean. <laughs> so, <laughs> the lean. Uh, but, if you're up on your side, that's like the telltale sign. The dry, clean lean. <laughs> Jen, Lily, Jennifer, I have this question for you. I don't know that you're going to have more vaginal babies. You said you're done, but you never know. I never say never. I'm getting the snip and I'm going to do the full snip with the gap in between. And if I still get pregnant, then that will be the will of God. Right. And that could happen. So oh, my God. point is, is there anything you would do different if you were going to do it again? No. And I loved this birth because... It was so different than Julie's. And I would say for me personally, pregnancy is the hardest, postpartum is the second hardest, and labor and delivery is the easiest. That was even true with me for Julie, I think, even though her labor and delivery was excruciating. I think it's because like, you know, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you kind of, for me, at least I can rationalize in my mind, like there's a baby coming. I'm not dying this is progress. Like my body needs to do this. You know, like you can kind of mentally talk yourself down. Whereas pregnancy just feels like you're pregnant forever. I mean, it's just, it's just like, especially so uh, how you thought you were going to come early and came late. Yeah. Quote unquote, you thought you were going to come before you do date and came afterwards. Yeah. So that's a bit of a mind game. Any final thoughts? Don't wait for your water to break to go to the hospital. Because Ashley had asked me, did your water break? And I said, no, if it was, I'd be on my way to the hospital. My water didn't break till she came out. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That happened to my wife also. As the baby was coming out, the first thing we saw was sack. 
amniotic sac, and then it popped and we saw baby. So amazing. I will say that when I was in the recovery room, which was a different room, because I, again, I don't even know if I made it to an actual labor and delivery room. I did hear four more women with the same exact high pitched scream. And I was like, oh, it's like a club. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I guess this is like the sound of labor and it's okay. And like, it's just the sound that you make when you're pushing for some people. And for me, it was not that I needed to scream. Like it wasn't the pain that I was screaming. It just felt really good to kind of release pressure out of my mouth, I guess, as there was like pressure coming the other way. So anyway, I would say like, no judgment. Don't worry about tearing because recovery is pretty much the same. And it only lasts a little while and then you're good. We have an episode called The Doula Dude where I was somebody's doula for a bit. And she sort of wanted to do an unmedicated birth, but didn't tell anybody. And so they kept saying, do you want your epidural now? Do you want it now? And she just never told anybody. But in her mind, that's what she was gunning for is unmedicated. And she started making jokes after every surge was over. She'd have this, ah, ah, ah. And then after it was done, she'd make a joke. So when she started doing that, I started doing that. And before you knew it, we're at the end. And there was a few surges very close to the end where she just made full-on primal animal. Like, if anybody heard that kind of noise coming out of an apartment building, they'd run in to help somebody or call 911. And when it was over, the nurses literally ran in. And when it was over, she made a joke. And I was like, what? I was like, was that one, like, super more intense than the other ones? Were you in a lot of pain? And she said, no, it just felt like the right noise for the occasion. And that was it. It's just what came out of her. Yeah. I mean, and also like, don't make too much of the ring of fire. Cause I was really afraid of that. And then it was like really encouraging because that means you're at the end. Why would you be felt- afraid of something called the ring of fire? It's the most <laughs> sensitive part of your body. You know, it's some kind of the Johnny Cash song. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Lolly, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. This is gosh, like your fourth time here at least. And, you know, we'll have you back. I actually have people now listening to your podcast about fostering and adoption. And that information is super helpful in general, but to a few couples in particular who are going through the process now. So thank you for that as well. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's like the best thing I could ever hear ever. Uh, Final thing. Where can we find you online? I'm on Instagram. It's basically the only place I really am actually. Everything else is just synced to it. At Jen, J-E-N underscore Lily, L-I-L-L-E-Y. At Jen Lily, and I'll see you there from at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. 
A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.